You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman. Today, we're talking Zion's eating habits, Steph's hand-eye coordination, the NFL QB Netflix show, D-Hop to the Titans, and so much more. Let's get it. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman, brought to you by the great folks at the DraftKings Network and Metal Arc Media. As always, I am your host, seven-year NFL veteran journeyman Andrew Hawkins. And today, I'm joined by college football writer, television personality, and eight-hour veteran of working with me. Uh, Mr. Spencer Hall is in the building. Spencer, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. By working with you for a continuous eight hours on draft day, you yes. and I, I think, have spent more time than I than you've spent with some of your NFL teammates. I think Absolutely. that's true. Like if you add it up, that is <laughs> that is an actual fact. We put more hours of work together than a lot of my NFL teammates, and mm-hmm. it wasn't because of them; it was because of me bouncing around. You know what's funny about this show being journeyman? Because in mm-hmm. sports, I'm a journeyman, but in real life, I am not. I have barely gone anywhere. Uh, coincidentally, I am in a hotel room right now in Atlanta, where you actually are. We're probably close as close as we've ever been since we've actually met in person mm-hmm. um but i'm on my way to europe uh and doing a whole europe trip going to spain going to france going to london yeah bouncing around man so i'm pretty excited about that okay so this is where i gotta i, I, I gotta crack down okay one uh okay. who are you flying what airline i bounce around i have no loyalty so i'm going out there on delta i think i'm coming back on air france Okay, we're going to stop at Delta. That's a future sponsor for this program, Andrew Hawkins. Delta, the <laughs> official sponsor of Journeyman. There we go. First of all, we're making money for you. Second, that's an excellent choice. Uh, this guy, Miles, program, enroll. It's really good. Second of all, are, what are you looking forward to most? Okay, not that you need to have goals when you go on a vacation. Right. I don't think you need that, okay? I think you need to be open to the spontaneity of things. But I know there are certain things that when you travel, uh-huh. you're looking forward to more than other people might. So what are you there to see? You know what? You know what the problem with me is, Spence, and this is probably mm-hmm. why I've never really traveled, is I don't look forward to anything. I'm not okay. like a, yo, I want to see this. The thing I'm looking forward to most, I think, is the ability to come home and say, I did these things, okay. which is not a good reason to travel, though, right? No, but you have a secret. Listen, you have something built in there that you're not anticipating, which is you say, oh, I'm not looking forward to anything. Mm-hmm. Hawk, this is good because you can be surprised. If you have yes. like like the best experiences in life are ones where I've gone in and had absolutely no expectations. Like mm-hmm. best concert I ever went to was Garth Brooks because I walked in the door with free tickets and had no expectations whatsoever. And I left like, oh, my God, that man is the greatest entertainer alive. <laughs> right. Like if you go to a big show, it's always going to be disappointing. Right. Yep. But like yep. it's just it can't possibly live up to your expectations. If you go to a place and you have no expectations, something's going to surprise you. Like you're going to go to Barcelona and I guarantee you, you're going to see one thing where you go, hey, that's cool. We don't do that here, you know, in the United States. That's yeah. awesome. So I I will stop there. You can be surprised, have no expectations and um, get ready to pay for water. What if you have uh, bad expectations? Hmm. Is that how does how does that work? Because that's another part, like, and I'll give you this, Spence, as as a black American, Mm -hmm. man, Oh, you go to European countries or places, I'm always like, I don't want to go somewhere. I don't want to pay money to get pissed off or be be treated a certain, you know what I'm saying? So yes, that's a a thing. That's another part of the reason why I'm like, travel, mm, I'll get to it when I get to it. it, This is why I think, by the way, that white Americans should go to someplace where they're in the minority. 100% and not even in the plurality because (laughs) I'm not saying you get exposed to racism because racism implies some sort of historical counterweight or historical oppression, right? right? Right. That's not what happens to you if you're a white American abroad, but you should be the only one in the room at one point. It's a fascinating experience. Like if you go to China, go to some place where they do not speak, where they do not speak English and where you're going to be like one or two white people in town. It is a very eye-opening experience. I highly endorse it. Uh, uh, yeah, especially that's, if you have a big beard. If you have a big beard, it's it's a great experience. <laughs> that's nuanced because that I, I can't. I live that experience all the time, and it's mm-hmm. like I yeah, never see, even think to think that man. Mm-hmm. Certain people have no idea what that feels like None. to be the only one of something in a room. Yeah, you should you should walk in and have somebody 
and have somebody just point at your face and be like, what is up? Like, that's, that's <laughs> like, why, like, like why I, are you, you, that's like, I went, I, I traveled when I was younger, I traveled through rural parts of rural China. And it's great when somebody just walks up to you and they go, like, they just point at you and they're like, what's up with this? What is going on with any of this? That's a perfect segue into our first topic. When someone points at you and asks, what's going on with this? Because Zion Williamson mm -hmm. of the New Orleans Pelicans, um, he says his eating habits, which have been the discussion of plenty of sports shows, obviously a lot going on with Zion as of recent. But he said that his uh, eating woes are a product of the people that he's around, his entourage, the folks that he came up with. They did not help him develop good eating habits. And and then he gets all this money and it's just very, very hard for him. So, Spencer, what do you make of Zion coming out and saying basically like, yo, it's my friend's fault why I, I have an eating problem? I mean, he's not wrong because I don't know if you can think back to being that age. Nobody had a diet. Nobody really considered what they were eating. They just did it. So, and additionally, too, these are questions that, like, it sucks that he's got to answer this. I know. Right. I know that it's a legitimate question between him and his employer. And I know it's something that fans could be interested in yeah. because Zion is on the heavy side. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, Zion, if he has a crew full of people who get the stuffed crust pizza every time they order DoorDash, <laughs> right? Like, if that's the case, then, then yeah, that's going to be an issue. It's probably a factor. It's not the factor. It's not that like the like the factor is this genetically Zion's big. Zion was born to be big, big right? Big. Well, not just a big dude, right? Like there he is a big dude who is not a hard gainer. Hawk, you at your playing weight, you were what? 165, 170? About 175 ish. OK, yeah. and that's foot. That's football weight. That's football. Yeah. Burst and lifting. Right. You were yeah. and you were eating to stay at that weight. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. For for well, early on, but early ahead. on. Yeah. Later on, later on, that's not a problem. Later on, it's just <laughs> going to stay there. Um, but he's he's not a hard gainer. In other words, if he looks at a sandwich, he's going to gain three pounds. Like that's just the kind of <laughs> metabolism he's got. And as he gets older, that's only going to um, that's only going to get harder for him. Right. Now, and that's something that, like, as a basketball player, we say, okay, well, who had the solution to that? Braun. Okay, LeBron. LeBron at one point was, I swear, two seventy. Like, like they, like when he was right. in Miami and he was big brawn, which by the way is the coolest LeBron is big brawn, like Megatron brawn when he is <laughs> huge and dunking over people's heads. And Tristan Thompson is like, it doesn't make sense. He eats like eight pieces of French toast and he goes out there and dunks on you. That's the <laughs> coolest brawn. And they're like, oh, brawn solved it. Well, first of all, brawn paid to solve it. So if Zion wants to, he, he has change. the money though, but Zion yeah. did say he's going to start following the LeBron blue blueprint. So that's a, that's a, that's a perfect. Hawk, example does that, does that seem like a good idea to you to say oh i'm gonna do what lebron james did that's kind of like being like oh, i'll just do the genius thing i'll just do the <laughs> mutant thing it doesn't seem like a good idea to me because what works for him isn't necessarily going to be what works for you when you talk about athletes who have had like the full body transformation um they've all done something a little bit different to get there uh -huh. and you know like zion should lock into one different thing i say this as somebody who man i've struggled with weight it's hard it is like, and and frankly, the answer for him might be something very uncomfortable. Like you don't get to eat that much. Like if you, like, if you want to make this money and you want to play out a certain weight, it might be kind of miserable there for a minute. It really might until you fully acclimate to your new lifestyle. Then again, it might be something simple. It might be like, a, you remember Lendell White? Lendell White was like, yeah, I lost 40 pounds because I stopped drinking a bottle of tequila a day. <laughs> okay, cool. I hope it's something that simple. I hope it's like, I, I don't eat beignets anymore that would be great if that were right. the answer for him but it, point being he, if it's his friends he's got to change that and that would go for food that would go for drugs that would go for um attention right like i don't yep. know what if y'all what if y'all are just staying up too late playing 2k that happens right that happens to people much older than him um yeah but he's got to change it there's like but so much money riding on it and he's got so much talent. I think we've forgotten that. I think we've forgotten how really good at basketball he is and what a unique talent he is because he's in a, a team in a market where he's just not that like there's not a whole lot of cameras on him. So many, you know? so many things. Number one, New Orleans is a terrible place to have a food problem. Oh, the worst, That's man. Like, it's, 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 it's bad. It's like, uh, 
you know, living in Atlanta and you have a, a stripper problem. It's it it is that's a terrible place for food. That's number one. Atlanta number has two. stripper solutions. That's what Atlanta has. Atlanta yes. has stripper solutions. Absolutely. Number two, I am a huge proponent of blaming the shortcomings that I'm responsible for on my friends. That's I mean, that's number one. Like, but I should say, I mean, your your point is absolutely right, and I get everything you're saying, especially from like, you know, that's a very understanding and empathetic uh fan perspective but i will tell you if you're getting paid 200 million dollars yes oh it's not like a yo man yeah i should get on top of this no it's it's in the job description this is mm-hmm. that, that's why it's a problem it's literally the contract it's why we pay it's, you the money it's like it, everything revolves around this and it's not so much you have to get on the exact lebron plan but as an athlete i can tell you we all understand and know what comes along with that you got to figure it out for yourself because you are your own you know, CEO of your business. Every athlete is an entrepreneur. That's that's why they all go into their own business because your job is to make sure the business of Zion Williamson is in tip-top shape. And that's the people around you. That's your entourage. Those are essentially mm-hmm. like your employees, the people that are encouraging you and putting you in a position for the business to grow. And if that's not the case, then they need to be fired like any business. So, and I also think to your point about his age, for athletes, it, it is funny because it's such a relatable topic to like normal everyday people for, for forever athletes we mm-hmm. are not the same as normal people like nope. you feel that way and the way that your metabolism works and the way you bounce back what you can do but there is a point for every single athlete where i won't call it kryptonite but you start turning back into a regular human and it happens mm-hmm. honestly i tapped the problem with russell wilson that's my theory on last year russell wilson yeah. is he got fat to be to keep it plain and simple and it's hard to okay (laughs) it's it's hard to operate at the the level you need to when you have too much weight on and he was heavy last year and he's he's leaner this year and i bet you i would put money on a russell wilson back bounce back year and in part because of sean payton but also because there's just a, a different level of health a different level of training that you have to get into as you get older it happened for me as well when my second year in the NFL, but it was like my fifth year out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back to OTAs and this is, I was a person to your point that had like three, 4% body fat. Yeah. And there was an off season. I could eat whatever I want. I always did. I came back and I had 11% body fat to have oh, 11% tragedy. body fat at 175 pounds is crazy. And so that was like an eye opener for me. Cause I was slow. I couldn't get off the line of the scrimmage. I wasn't mm-hmm. as quick. And there were so many issues that came along with it. And I think for Zion, it's like that crossing the bridge point where it's like, okay, yo, you're a professional. You're not a phenom anymore. It's not about pot- potential. Like in order to make this happen, you're in control of it and you need to, you know, do what's necessary to put your business and subsequently our business as the NBA or the New Orleans Pelicans in the best position to succeed. Hawk, that's amazing. Cause you just pointed out something I hadn't thought about. If that's true, Russell Wilson's like the only fat person in Colorado. He's the only one. <laughs> If, if he's if he's fat for his position, he is a pioneer. He is that's a, a fit, that's a fit state. That is man. He's a he's an implant though. He's not he's not like a he's not an original. That's they the had problem. to pipe him in. They're like he's, we he's need gotta, one. He's got to get used to it. All right, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna get uh, right back into some more NBA news. All right, Spencer, we got some more weird things uh, from the NBA. Grizzly star Jaron Jackson, he shared that he improved as a defender. By playing NBA 2K, the quote was, you got to want it a little bit. It takes a lot of endurance to play both ends, especially if you have responsibilities on offense. You got to want to stop your defender as bad as he wants to score. You know, when it comes to timing and stuff, I've always said my timing came from 2K, playing a lot of 2K. Now, Spencer, I want to give my position here. I want to ask you what your thoughts on this. Um, but I'm going to tell you out the gate that I'm I'm calling I'm calling cat, but but what do you, what do you feel like? Do you feel like this is legit? I will say this: as an athlete, if you think it works, it works. Mm. That's it. Magical thinking is real. If you go and you say, "Hey, I'm gonna blow two and a half hours playing 2K, but it's making me better," then guess what? <laughs> Marginally, that has to be true. So I can't say that it it, it doesn't. I would say that, and this is, by the way, complete junk science. Everything about out of my mouth is junk science, but I think it's probably true. Okay. Okay. All right. Like, like 2%, like, like probably like 98% reliability on this simulation works. 
so if you have if you're running this right uh-huh. and you are running a simulation over and over again and you are running it with somebody who plays a lot like you against a defense you might see in the nba and the timing is pretty well rendered well this is what f1 drivers do in their spare time they race a sim they race really good sims that you don't get to race because they're super expensive right. but they know the track before they ever see it because they saw it on the sim I'm not saying it has the same reliability. 2K is a mass market product that any moron can pick up with a credit card and uh, the will to do it. But I I think it is slightly true. How's that? It is slightly, slightly true, slightly true. Okay, this is this is a perfect uh, timing for a shameless plug for my company, Status Pro, which is a award winning game company. Uh, We we make NFL Pro Era, which is a VR video game and very similar to those Sims you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's from first person. Right. So, okay. In our game, you can see the NFL game and play quarterback from a first-person perspective where, yes, it does feel like that. I would say from the broadcast view that NBA 2K is, and I'm not in the NBA, (laughs) uh, I would say that is Cap. Okay. I think this is either him trying to get the cover of NBA 2K or maybe he's trying to get an endorsement or maybe he just wants a couple free copies. Because this copies. doesn't seem like it seems like it works. But to your point about athletes, there is like this weird thing where you will trick your mind into believing that it makes you better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me of like Tua doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu to stop sure. concussions. Sure. I got a lot of concussions. I can tell you that shit ain't going to work. That is not how you stop concussions. But if you mm-hmm. think Brazilian jiu-jitsu is going to help you do your thing, or I would say even Aaron Rodgers doing shrooms to read defenses better. Um, yeah. It seems like more like this is just what you want to do. And so you check your mind into believing that it's going to help you. Uh, if you, <laughs> my, my favorite there is the BJJ. Doing BJJ to avoid injury is an astonishing thing. If you've ever done BJJ afterwards, it feels like you have been through a small car crash every yes. single time you do it. Um, I cannot imagine that that would make you feel better about anything. Um, however, I will also say this. If it's Jaron Jackson, free copies. Free copies of 2K is what we're aiming Easy. for. I think he knows. He's yep. like, I'm Jared Jackson. This is not like, he's not, you know, like James Harden in his prime going, well, I'm probably not going to win a title, but I could probably get a 2K cover. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Jared Jackson just wants some copies. He Y'all just wants a copy. Hook, it, hook him up with the copies. The boy I love, up. By the way, we stand, we stand realistic goals, right? Like that's yes. what we want. Like Jared Jackson's like, I'm going to say 2K and they're going to send me 20 copies. And my, <laughs> my, and my dudes are going to think I'm awesome for handing them out like candy. Absolutely. Or this is him getting out in front of a a Kyler Murray clause. Like mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. the Grizzlies have already expressed that he plays too much 2K and <laughs> he needs to be in the film room more. And now he's getting out in front of it to be like, yo, this is making me better. So, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't pay me. Can you imagine, by the way? Okay, so there's 17 <laughs> regular season games that you got to pay attention for in the NFL. Every single one of them's an event. Can you imagine trying to legislate someone's private time in the NBA when you consider their road schedule, how many games <laughs> they play? And then you're like, you can't play 2K? I'm like, I'll kill you if you try to take my video. I will straight up try to murder you if you try to take this away from me. You asked me to get on a bus, get on a plane, take my large self, right? Take Travel with my 6'9 my self. And travel and travel all over the United States, okay? Which I'm very, I'm paid very well for, but I get to keep this box with me that makes the happy basketball game happen. Yeah, there's there's one thing I would not let you take away is my 2K Mm-mm. crawfish for Zion. Absolutely, we can talk about it. 2K, we can talk about that. Not non-negotiable. All right, seven footers. You mentioned that's a good. That's, that's another good segue here. Wimby, Wimby came out and said that uh, he thinks the NBA is less physical than European basketball. Now, my favorite part about when foreign players whose first language is not English, American English, mm-hmm. is that they are, like, way too blunt. And I feel yeah. like a lot of times they say things and they don't, like, realize that it's going to piss people off or people are going to take it the wrong way because they just say, like, what they mean in the words they can, like, find. So I don't feel like he was calling the NBA weak, but I feel like that's the way a lot of people took it. So what what is your yeah. reaction to Wimby feeling like, you know, at his very, very frail, thin self, uh, that the NBA is less physical than, than Europe basketball. I think I, I think a couple of years ago, I would have said, yeah, that's ridiculous. There's absolutely no way it could be more physical than the NBA. But given what I've heard from certain players, Nikola Jokic being the most prominent of those about the European experience, my answer uh-huh. would go, my answer would go to maybe he's got a point. Because really? I, 
only because there are differing you'll get different calls and you will face different styles within Europe itself. And, and especially like when somebody goes, Hey, that's a tough crowd, right? Talking about, I can't remember what he was talking about. It might've been, might've been like, um, or like it might've been the, the warriors or something, but, but Jokic mm-hmm. goes, brother, I played in Serbia. And I'm like, well, that's the point. Like if you just come back to me and you go, yeah, I played in Serbia or I played in Slovenia. Right. I played I played against Russian professionals. I'm like, it may not be better basketball, but you can't tell me those elbows aren't as sharp. And some places they might not call them. So I don't know anymore. And I I really don't, because I I know it's like the most old head thing in the world to go. Well, they don't play like they did in the 80s. You're like, well, yeah, that's because you can't carry a crowbar on the court anymore. (laughs) Right. Like, right. Bill Lambeer would be obsolete in today's league. It just would not happen. Right. Right. We don't even have Bruce Bowens anymore. You know, like that's the style of the NBA. And and I don't think, by the way, that's a function of not being as tough. I think that's because everyone's faster now. Everyone's so much faster that you just can't be a goon. You can have goon-like tendencies, but you can't just sit there anymore. So by his own experience, obviously, he feels like he's got enough to say this. He might be in for a surprise, but if he's not, I would not be shocked given what I've seen coming out of Europe in terms of environments in terms of the different kinds of calls that uh, that that refs let people get away with it can be more violent like from what from the limited amount i've seen of european basketball and the way they play there are spots where i think it can be just as rough or worse i'm not not saying european basketball is weak i'm not saying it's soft i'm not saying that in every scenario u.s basketball is tougher but to your point about the game having changed and us being old heads and we remember a different Mm -hmm. style of basketball that was way more physical yeah, I feel like the change is in part prompted by European basketball, like in this yeah. merging of how the game is going to be played kind of globally um, as the brand continues to grow and become more of a global game. So in my mind, there's like there's no way that European basketball could be more physical at this point because our style here has always been more physical. And yeah, there's, it's high. It's higher scoring. To your point, players are faster. But I just think this is a rookie who hasn't seen the real thing yet, not realizing he hasn't seen the real thing yet. Right. This reminds me of like in the NFL mm-hmm. when, you know, rookies get drafted and they go to rookie minicamp and then at a rookie minicamp, they're like, Oh, it doesn't even seem that hard. Or like after OTAs or preseason, they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, NFL isn't that crazy. And then the real game start. Let's see I the money like, game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When the money's on the line, mm-hmm. I think Wimby is going to be changing his tune because trust me, Every team, every player that sees him, he is going to have such a target on his back. He has been called the greatest prospect since LeBron James. I don't think he understands what kind of smoke is going to come with that every. And he's going to be so unready for it. Like he won't realize that the, that, that the veterans, the guys who don't have anything to lose, except getting on highlights to show that you're weak or show that you're not what you are, you know, cracked up to be, which is always what I was amazed about with LeBron James. I always see the mm-hmm. video of like Carlos Boozer and Darius Miles being like, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he, we got better players on our team. And like mm-hmm. all the hoopla that was around him and him still coming in and dominating like that is like a next level thing. And I don't still think Wimby is ready for the smoke. And I'm I don't still, think he understands the smoke that he is brewing and that he is cooking up and now helping to even add to that fire. I'm, I'm sure that's true, but I just keep hearing Nikola Jokic in my head, the current NBA champion saying, brother. I played in Serbia. It's haunting me. I'm not yeah. saying I'm not I'm not saying I totally disagree with you. I'm just saying there's this little spot in the back of my mind that says we're playing a different game now and maybe I've misjudged this. On the other hand, if anyone can go ahead and talk this kind of smack ahead of his debut based on the footage I've seen of Wembenyama, it's him. It's he, him. He can go ahead and do that. Yeah. He, he can do it. You're you're okay. Uh, with I'm it? I am my confidence is high. Hawk. I feel, I, feel yeah. very, I feel very good that this person is a unique talent. Okay. You go, oh, he's he's very thin. Have you seen how much talent he has packed into that thin body? Yeah. He so he's, he's unreal, man. He is so tall. He is like, he is, he is a freak. I would say on the on, on the Nick uh, the Jokic point, Jokic is a different breed. I mean, I think 100%. we gotta like I don't think I think he looks regular to people, mm-hmm. but he is not. He is not regular in his physicality he is not regular in his abilities. He is not regular in his processing and he is not regular in his toughness. Like that's the thing that stuck out to Jokic with me is because like when I look at especially basketball players, mm-hmm. like skilled players who are also tough 
and like from a mentality standpoint, Jokic doesn't back down from anybody. If you want a problem, no. Jokic says no problem. Like it does not matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're playing here, Serbia, Russia, or wherever. And I think those things actually are what make Jokic very unique. You see his brothers, we see them all knuckle up and go at like <laughs> the Morris twins and yeah. all of that. Like you just know, like, okay, this is a dude who is not scared of anything. And so I think wherever Jokic plays, to your point about physicality, he wants all that smoke. I don't know if Wimby does. That's the difference. I, I think Wimby is super talented. I just don't want him, you know, writing checks that his ass can't cash. Well, he's going to have a test from his own bench because Greg Popovich is going to be his coach. So true that. True mm-hmm. that. You got, you got the Popmeister. All right. We're going to keep talking some basketball. I'm going to jump into some NFL as well right after a quick break. All right, Spence, over the weekend, Steph Curry won his first celebrity golf tournament, the American Century Tournament. They had clips of him hitting hole-in-ones. He's walking down the, the the golf course. He grabs a basketball, casually throws it all over his head, probably from like 50 feet out and almost sinks it nothing but net and is mad mm-hmm. when he doesn't do it. And it prompted everyone on social media to say that Steph Curry's hand-eye coordination is something that should be uh, studied in a lab. Number one, do you think Steph is the best athlete golfer? And number two, what do you make of athletes and like this rare ability sometimes to be great at everything? Uh, historically speaking, this that can't be true. He cannot be the best athlete golfer because that would be Al Del Greco, former kicker mm. for the Houston Oilers and I Tennessee. No idea who that is. Oh, old old kicker who actually played pro ams and was mm. really really good. Like I believe could have competed as a golfer. Shouts out to the legend Al Del Greco, master of the football pro am. Kickers um, don't count though. Uh, come no, on, not now. not because come they're not on. athletes, but mm-hmm. literally in the NFL. And like players get pissed off because the entire NFL practice, mm-hmm. whether you're in training camp, they have pitching wedges, putters, and yeah. the entire practice, they just work on their short game from the green, like literally all day. So this is what they do their entire careers as kickers is they kick one period per practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rest of the time is just spent golfing. So you imagine like you playing all off season, but then playing all in season. That's why I say it, it doesn't count because he's logging hours probably more than most golfers are. Yeah. It, that's work smarter, not work harder. I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. You know, you can play football <laughs> and go out and get hit or you could have been a kicker hawk, right? Like, <laughs> that's look my at problem. That, right. That's a, that's an us problem, right? They yes. figured it out. We didn't. I, I blame um, the people I grew up with Spencer. Yeah, that's it. Blame the, you need a new crew who can encourage yeah, you is. to be a golfer. <laughs> right. Um, I think Steph currently, currently is probably has the best options to do that. He's the only one who made a whole show about golf, right? He was one of the producers yeah. and stars of Holy Moly yeah, on facts. ABC with Joe Tessitore uh, and Rob Riggle. So, yeah, he's probably, if you look at him, hand-eye coordination. The list of things I think Steph Curry could be amazing at just off the rip is is fascinating to me. Like, I do think he would be one of the best cornhole players ever. I think he's probably never lost a game of beer pong. Right. I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> I cannot I cannot imagine that man playing tennis, like moving laterally. He would be nuts playing tennis. An excellent striker. He's too tall to be midfield, right? Yeah. Uh, he's too but I think he could be a good striker and soccer. The the transfer of skills that he's got indicates to me that like hockey, give him a week. I think he'd be pretty competent. Um, I'm not speaking to the contact element of that, and no one should because it's no hockey. way. No, but the hand-eye coordination translates across so many different things that I just want to test him. I don't want to put him in a lab. I just want to be like, here, try this. Try this. No, I I, I agree. Our producer said he'd probably be a fantastic volleyball player, which is also oh. a fact. He probably can hit a baseball really well. You know, mm-hmm. To your point, there's like certain like skills, especially when you're elite athletes, that are transferable. Hand-eye coordination is probably one of the best ones. The ones we're typically used to are like mm-hmm. speed, right? Like if you're fast, yeah. there's a way that that translates everywhere. And there are athletes I always felt like could have been like played certain sports. Like Russell Westbrook, to me, feels like a football player because oh, of yeah. how in, intense and like fast he moves constantly. And he's also mm-hmm. very tough. Like toughness is, it's not just, a, it's not something you can develop, at least on the NFL level. And yeah. I think someone like Russell Westbrook would have the toughness to play football. I don't think most NBA players would. When I think of Steph Curry, like to your point about his hand-eye coordination, I played with AJ Green. And that was like AJ Green's thing was I don't think people yeah. realize how crazy his hand-eye coordination. He would do this thing where he would play like run like long routes 
And, you know, if I'm running a, a, a post route and I, it's a mm-hmm. 40, you know, 35, 45 yard pass, the ball's in the air, I'm running and I'm tracking it, which takes a hand-eye coordination, right? Like you have to see the ball and being mm-hmm. able to see it all the way into your hands with, with everything else going on. AJ would do this, this crazy thing where the ball would be in the air and he wouldn't look at it the whole time. He would look up, see the ball, look forward and run to a spot. And at the last minute, look back up and catch it, which is the mm-hmm. like, I can't even explain to you how ridiculous that is. And he would do it routinely. And it's not, it wasn't like a trick. It was just his mind could like just process where his hand yeah. and the eyes and like distance so quickly. He could have probably played in the NBA too, I feel like. Like people always ask that question of like what NFL player do you think could play? And they always say like people that are way too like swole. You know, like Tony Gonzalez could never play in the NBA. He was too swole. Miles Garrett, great athlete, way too swole. AJ Green is a skinny dude and he could shoot. We would play this shooting game at like lunch and it was called 50. And basically you had to hit as many of them in a row. He could go, I'm not kidding, like 30 shots from three and make every one, or he'd be like, I'm going to bank all day. And he would just bank it from anywhere, any place, and obviously the athletic ability. But it's like that kind of a touch and that kind of hand-eye coordination is what you need in the game of basketball. And a lot of NFL, most NFL athletes just don't have it. Yeah, I the only solace that you can take as a normal person when thinking about how good A.J. Green or Steph Curry is at these kind of things is this. If they play golf, they're miserable because golf generates misery because <laughs> – if they shoot a 64, a 63 was right there. And if you're the kind of perfectionist that yep. I know plays these kind of games and takes them very seriously, they'll go back and go, ah, that 63 feels good, but it doesn't feel as bad as that one missed putt I had on 11. They'll remember <laughs> that. And that's why golf's a perfect misery machine. The people who play it for a living sometimes hate it publicly and on camera. It's not just about beating people. It's about beating your best score. It's uh. about doing the best you possibly can and to your point it's never good enough and mm-hmm. it, it torments not only regular people even the most elite athletes steph curry is an elite athlete and i think we sometimes get shocked to see him in that that light he has a documentary coming out i can't wait to watch it because i think it's going to probably give us a little bit more of a peek behind the the curtain and i think we just kind of view steph as like this oh you know things just happen for him and we know he's an underdog and we know he's super mm-hmm. skinny but he really is a killer and I think we like to see uh, athletes that we don't typically have in that light uh, show that side of it. It reminds me of Patrick Mahomes and the quarterback docuseries where it's like, I just started watching that. Just started. Oh man. It is, it is good because I'm like, it, it just shows you Patrick Mahomes has a little, you know, has a little shit to him. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. that's, you just don't see him. You see the smiles, you see the soft spoken and always showing love, but to see him like talking crap to Max Crosby and you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. refusing to come out of games. I think it's showing a little bit of a fire. So have you just started watching it? What is, what is your, your ultimate takeaway so far? Uh, my takeaways are this, that, that all quarterbacks are nerds. They're just they big nerds. old nerds. Like they have to really enjoy that kind of detail work. Like it's uh-huh. detail work. Like that's like talking about, you know, even Mahomes taunts are kind of nerdy because the big taunt that he does is y'all didn't think I had tape, right? Y'all didn't think I watched film, right? <laughs> like I got film. That's that's basically saying you didn't think I would study for this test. I did, <laughs> right? He does a fair amount of smack talk that's based on skill, but a lot of it is based on you didn't think I would work this hard. You didn't think I would study, huh? Like that's a Lisa Simpson taunt. I love it. Um. Also, it made me it made me realize that like Kirk Cousins is not my dude. I naturally just sort of don't vibe with Kirk Cousins at all. And I watch why this, probably because I'm a bad person. I <laughs> like that. That's probably like if I want to go ahead and be really like front street about this, it's probably because I'm like, ah, look at that guy. He's got everything taken care of. But then I watch this whole thing and like he's quoting Margaret Thatcher and day one of the thing. <laughs> he's, you know. He, he's like oh that's that's my bad i guess i'm just a boring guy and i'm like yeah he's just a boring guy i don't vibe with him at all 
you know, like I want to give him credit and be like, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a good dad. I would never, ever want to hang out with them. The never. one critique I have is that I would want more of the Mariota story because it's the other side of this, right? We don't get, I don't think we quite get enough of the Marcus Mariota because that's the reality for a lot of quarterbacks in the league. That What you, do you mean the other side? That you see Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes, who by their by different measures are both very successful. Cousins yep. has maintained a starting job in the league for a long time. He got a very large contract. Everything's going pretty well for him. He's got an organization that has lined up behind him to support him. Mahomes, obviously brilliant. A talent among talents. Um, I've loved mm. him since he was at Texas Tech because he was just that singular. He's won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls. Yep. Um, although he's quick to point, he's like, well, I played in four Super Bowls, you know, won two, lost two, you know. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and he seems like kind of like, oh, like, if I'd won one out of four, do you know <laughs> how arrogant I would be? And he's like, oh. um, but like, that's not the reality for a lot of quarterbacks a lot of quarterbacks in the league are to return to a theme journeymen they're guys yep. who are going to go back and forth and their lives are not going to be one straight line of successes you know from one team to the next you're gonna look like Mariota's career you're gonna you know live in a house that you never fully unpack because by the time you do it's time to move to the next team um I would have liked a little more of that it's fascinating it's an inside look that you know you're not going to get many other places but um I did want to I want a little more of the harder story because I don't know. I like that. Yeah, I I think that that needs its own series, just straight yeah. journeyman. Like we and maybe we could do it here at Metal Arc Media. We just give you all the media awkwardy that Spencer is craving. Mm -hmm. um, the Chase Daniel story. I want the yes. Chase Daniel story. Chase Daniel, Josh Johnson, Josh McCown after he gets called back from being a quarterback coach to playing in the NFL and holding a clipboard. Yep. That's that's the docuseries you're trying to watch. I do feel like it was a little I would rather watch Mahomes and two other like big time quarterbacks. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, I get what they're trying to do. And it's like Mahomes here, top of the mountain to your point, Kirk Cousins, the quintessential middle of the pack quarterback. He's good. He's not like great, but he's good. Mm -hmm. Not bad. He's good. He's like the 15th best quarterback every year. Yeah. Right. And then there's Mar Mariota more like to your point, the struggling I want to see like the contrast of greatness. I want to see yeah. Mahomes, Josh Allen, and like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or somebody that's like, yo, these these guys are people that we are only judging by if they won the Super Bowl or not. And they don't win the Super Bowl, it's not a success. Nobody's saying that about Mariota. Nobody's saying that about Kirk yeah. Cousins. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody's nobody's saying that about Kirk Cousins. Let's reiterate that. No, nobody's <laughs> like, why didn't Kirk Cousins win a Super Bowl? It's it's when you see him in the playoffs, it's it's pretty obvious for better or worse. That Kirk Cousins already won. Uh, he already won. See that paycheck, Kirk Cousins. His Super Bowl is every time he's a free agent, and he is he has as many equivalent Super Bowl wins as Patrick Mahomes because every time contracts come up. Kirk Cousins wins. He's undefeated. He's the Tom Brady of, of the NFL. Contract. Every time he goes to the ATM, that's a Super Bowl, baby. Gets that <laughs> receipt and just goes, Dave feels a little bit better, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get back into some more NFL talk after a quick break. Yes, and we don't stop. Spencer, veteran NFL free agent wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins just signed, somewhat unexpectedly, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, did you see this move coming? Do you think this move makes sense? I think putting Hopkins on your team would always make sense. At 31? Um, at 31. I, okay. I, you know, what, we're not doing this for a long time. We're doing it for a good time. I, I think that's what you have to take as your approach to DeAndre Hopkins. His best days are probably behind him, but yeah. he still commands respect from a defense. So I think it's a good signing. Um, does it really sort of change the calculus for the Titans? Do you go, oh man, that's a Super Bowl contender? I don't know about that. But <laughs> does it make them more competitive? Absolutely. When you talk about skilled positions, and we can have this discussion about running backs later, mm -hmm. how many long term players do you have at skill positions? Like, what do we mean when we talk about long term anymore in terms mm -hmm. of skill positions? Because I, I think you've seen the market get more volatile for not just running backs, but for everyone. If you have mm -hmm. a big deal, you go and take it. You're not going to stay and wait for your potential in the market to wither. Like I, I'm thinking of Tyreek Hill here when you go, well, would you pay that money for Tyreek Hill? Well, yeah, you would because he's that much of a threat. Can you replace Tyreek Hill? Chiefs seem to be fine. They mm -hmm. did just fine without him. I think Skill players 
across the board. We only focus on running backs, but I think skill players across the board in the NFL are being marginalized in the market because because I think there are ways to scheme around them even more. And this is like spreadsheet math. You're just leaning harder and harder on the valuation of the quarterback and everything you can't replace uh, against those which you can sort of replace or at least live with the solutions. This is me saying like, this is just, this is just GM math getting like more and more evident in terms of how teams are built. Yeah, I think it's like it's it's so many things. Well, number one, I, I yeah. think the DeAndre Hopkins signing makes sense. If you think of like all the players that were involved, it was the Titans. There was rumbling of the Chiefs. There was obviously conversations going on with the Patriots. I never thought he was going to the Patriots. There's a, a, a Drake line in a, a song. I forget the name of the song, but where he says, I acted like I put that shit behind me, but I lied. I feel like that was the case <laughs> yeah. with DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and uh, Coach yeah. O'Brien. <laughs> like. Uh-huh. I think he was trying to drive prices up. But there was no way I thought he was going to go play with Coach uh, O'Brien after the way the things ended in Houston. So that's number one. So that didn't make sense. And also the culture just didn't make sense. As a 31-year-old free agent, I also signed with the Patriots. And I can promise you, at that stage of your career, you got to – it's a tough place to go into, right? Because yeah, it is run like the military. It is like, yo, no talking. They don't even say hi to you in the hallway. Like, you walk by a coach, they won't even say what's up to you in a 20 20- – 20 yard hallway just you two they would just look at you and walk right by you right and Mm -hmm. that not that it hurts your feelings but it just it's like a I don't want to say it's disrespect but it's just a different environment they make the environment hard so that in the games and the playoffs it's easy and that's why they have won traditionally so much when with their years with Tom Brady so I knew he wasn't going to the Patriots I felt like and when you're that age of receiver people were like oh what are the things he's considering well, I would say number one was money, okay? Number two is where do I have the ability to win? Um, number three is money. Number four is where do I fit? And then number five, which is probably the most important thing, it's money. Because mm-hmm. you don't have many paydays left after you're the age of 30 as a wide receiver. To your point, it does not matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. People are now trying to get out the game because they don't want to be the one overpaying a 31 a 32 a 33 year old wide receiver who can't separate anymore and i'm not saying deandre hopkins is there and he might not be there for another five years but it is just a game of gms and organizations to say yo i don't want to be the one left holding the way too expensive bag so deandre hopkins had to go a where he could get the most money i think that was the tennessee titans i think he had Mm -hmm. to go where he could win number one was the chiefs but they couldn't pay him money, which is the most important thing. So that's why that couldn't happen. And number three was fit. And he knows Vrabel. He knows their OC from their time in Houston. It's a little more relaxing in that environment, especially at his age and the things that he does on social media. I think he has like a million TikTok followers. I know his social media team. All that would have been dead in New England. So I think yeah. all that makes sense. From a football perspective, I also think it makes sense for the Tennessee Titans, right? Because to your point, a lot of people aren't going to want to pay this an older receiver that may or may not still be a number one. I think he's still a number one, but regardless the threat of him and even where he's at in his age, I think the Tennessee Titans even overestimated their own abilities without an outside receiver help. So you can talk all the, Hey, do specialists make sense Do running backs, but Derrick Henry is the foundation of that offense. And without a big time threat outside for Tannehill, it completely washed out the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. And I actually have them winning the division over the Jacksonville Jaguars because now they got control. Now it's like, yo, there is a pass threat to mix with mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. And now Tannehill isn't going to look like he turned back into a pumpkin after midnight because now mm-hmm. he has some threats all over the field, which is what you're kind of, you know, trying to strike lightning in a bottle to have a a Super Bowl chance if you don't have a top five quarterback because ultimately you need a top five quarterback to win a Super Bowl unless all the pieces can stack up. Also, like I think his production has a lot to do with whether Traylon Burks really comes on in year two. Like, like that's we need a defense. Yeah. We need a defense that's distracted, and we need to make sure that you're one on one, and that we can't just focus on you. Because if he can't separate anymore, he's not going to be the kind of guy who defenses become irrelevant at the point of attack when you have somebody who is like Hopkins at his peak. He is not, so he needs somebody to balance that. Traylon Burks, uh, if he's recovered from turf toe, if he's feeling good, Traylon Burks mean, and he is learning. I mean, like, yeah. that is a large 
an extremely impressive dude. The kind of dude who off play action, Tanny Hill can, you know, Tanny Hill could look like an all pro. He can look like a top five guy if that run game is going and he's throwing to the right guy. So, you know, that can happen. But when you use the word can and it's not that will, it's I, tough. I, it's, it, listen, man, it's tough if you don't have the widget. We were talking about Mahomes. It's so easy to just go, mm, magic will happen here. Yeah. Like I could just put this dude here and he will make something happen. If I have a Lamar Jackson, I can be like, well, you know, the play broke down. That's fine. He'll, He'll make something happen. You don't do Probably that pay with him. Hill. Yeah. So is Tannehill more uh, Kirk Cousins or Mariota? Kirk Cousins. Kirk He's Cousins. more Kirk Cousins. And that's that's no shade to either of them. It yep. really isn't. You just It's a team sport, and that's somebody who in particular needs the entire team to fire on all cylinders for him to be super successful. I think he is, uh, like, go back macro, like, especially for me, a college guy, if you go like, hey, man, that wide receiver is going to be an impressive quarterback. That's <laughs> Remember, that's where he's coming from. Right. right. He is. He has been more successful than he has ever dream, possibly dreamed of being in the NFL. And certainly for anybody who saw him coming out and go, hey, that's a great athlete. Maybe he can play quarterback. He has gone so much farther than I think anyone's anticipated. Um, that still doesn't mean he is that dude without insurance. He's a quarterback and needs a lot of insurance. Yeah. What about Dak Prescott? Because Dak Prescott came out and said he's going to have less interceptions than 10 this year. And you can you could take that to the bank. And I love OTAs because that's what this is like the time when yeah NFL players and you know we all make declarations that inevitably won't go the way we ever said they're gonna go. Uh, but it gets the it gets the articles going, it gets people talking. So what are your what is your take on Dak Prescott? Where does he fit? Does he fit in the Mahomes esque docu series where we're gonna go all elite quarterbacks, or is he gonna be in the Kirk Cousins Tannehill docu series? Can I slot him between? I think he's. I think he's really I don't think that's I don't think that's legal. I think we have three buckets. No, we have the we have three buckets. Kirk Cousins and Tannehill, we need a third. We have the mm -hmm. Mahomes and Josh Allen, we need a third. And then we have the Mariota and who's another starting quarterback, probably in the more the bottom tier that the Baker Mayfield, I would say. Baker Mayfield, okay. Mariota, we need a third. Those are the three docuseries that Metal Arc is producing. This is, Which this one is, what, is Dak man, Prescott going into? This is why I love the NFL, because you're going to do like Baker Mayfield, who was nails in college, and he's incredible. And they put him in the NFL bucket, and they're like, trash. That man <laughs> that man is garbage. You're like, that is, that's an amazing athlete. And they're like, can't hang. I didn't say he was garbage. No, no, I just no, said he's in he the, the Mariota. Mariota was also great. Did Mariota win a Heisman? Mariota won a Heisman. Mariota, yeah. like, go, go back and look at his Heisman season. I think he he, he threw for like 40, or he counted for like 49 TDs by himself. Yeah, like he was 50 legit. TDs by himself. He was nuts. Um, So if I have to put him in that tier, I don't want to put him in the Kirk Cousins tier. I'd have to put him top tier, and I will blame his okay. shortcomings on the Dallas Cowboys as an organization and not on it. him. Yeah, because Dak is... Tech is an incredible athlete. He's a great quarterback. I just think he's probably in the wrong place for greatness. Man, so you think that he's just not going to happen? It's not going to happen for Dak Prescott at the Cowboys. And I'm not talking about Super Bowl. Do you think that they get over the hump eventually with Dak Prescott in Dallas as their quarterback? Because it's hard to play in Dallas. You get, like, obviously every year you don't win a Super Bowl. You have everyone who hates you talking trash. You have your own fans and your own organization. Feeling mm -hmm. like it was a missed opportunity. You think it's more organization than it is Dak Prescott and his abilities? I think it's all organization. Like I think for Patrick Mahomes, it's organization. Like, why? That's... Why? Why is it organization for Patrick Mahomes? Because they hadn't won. Well, one really you have prior a, to him one, being you, there. You have a coach. One you have a coach and a play caller who mm -hmm. can make almost any quarterback at minimum efficient, and then okay. at good not, successful. Not and then at great, you will be Patrick Mahomes, all right? There were people who, when Mahomes came into the league, did not believe he was ever capable of performing within the strictures of a pro offense. They thought he was mm -hmm. cow a cowboy, the character, not the franchise type. They right. thought that he was, they, they didn't like his form. They thought he was reckless. And they thought he was, in part, a system quarterback, a talented one. I don't think there was anybody out there who thought he was Graham Harrell. I don't think there was anybody out there who thought he was, you know, Sonny Cumbie. I think they thought that's an air raid quarterback with a giant arm who's going to need years of discipline and curing before he becomes a professional prospect. Andy Reid didn't. And Andy Reid also keeps finding talent. If you want to know, like, what Andy Reid and that organization does better, they always get these guys who I'm like, who let them have him? 
even their misses are impressive. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I know he didn't exactly work out. That yeah. is a read that I still think was a great read in the draft because he was a three-tool guy. He did everything well and he was tough. And, and that to me, like even his misses are good. So when I say that, like even Mahomes needs that. Mahomes has had great generational talent around him. Travis, and if you just go like who? Travis Kelsey, like that's been his, his security blanket. And yep. he has had the best mind in football working with him to constantly refresh what they do. You're never sure what they're going to put on you. And they have the school, the skills to put that in there. Was that a convincing enough argument right. that organization matters? Even for Mahomes. We got like 30 seconds left. Mm -hmm. Is Andy Reid, does he retire a better coach than Bill Belichick? <sighs> no. No, and, and no. I say that because they do they do entirely different things. I really do. Okay. I think they do entirely different things. And I think that what Belichick's done is, as an organization, more impressive from top to bottom. Is he a better is he a better offensive guy? Well, yeah, but like <laughs> Belichick isn't Belichick isn't terrible on that front, right? I don't so think we if, if, I will if say Andy this by the Reed, way. Go ahead. If he wins four more Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, well, I'll, I'll then it's a matter of taste. Then it's a matter of taste. Which one do you like watching more? That's ultimately what it comes down to. I would say, yeah, but that's also because I think it's cooler to watch them. Like watching the Patriots yeah. is like watching a funeral home. It makes money. Well, if, it's successful. But ultimately, is it real thrilling? No, it's brutal. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. Tom Brady yeah. is obviously the greatest quarterback ever. If Patrick, it's not crazy. It's not even, no. even close to crazy to think Patrick Mahomes is going to win the four Super Bowls. That's like. You know, at the track he's going, that's actually the trajectory he's on, if not mm -hmm. more. And at that stage, you have to remove Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady from the resumes. And then you look at the coaches. Andy Reid will at that point have had more success without his generational talent mm -hmm. than Bill Belichick did without that's, his. And I don't think they're as different as maybe I thought they were when I started thinking about this. They're really, when you go in terms of what they do, track record and their respective resumes, not as different as I thought they were. Mm, there you go. And that's it for Journeyman this week. Shout out to my guy, Spencer Hall, for joining us today. Shout out to the DraftKings Network and Metal Arc Media. Make sure you journey back next week, same time, same place. And until then, you're getting on my nerves while I'm getting on your case. Consider your surroundings or you'll leave without a trace.